0: Hello, hope you're OK on Tuesday, April the 12th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. And our top story today is that a man and woman have died following an incident at a tattoo shop in Canterbury. Armed police were called to Gothink on Lower Bridge Street just before half five yesterday evening. Our reporter Lydia Chandler-Hicks was at the scene earlier. The man and woman who died in this tragic incident in Canterbury City Centre yesterday have now been named. They've been named as Catalin Miku and Ramona Stoyer, both tattoo artists who worked at Gothink Tattoo Studio in Lower Bridge Street. Police descended on the area at about 5.20 yesterday evening. There were dozens of armed police officers, police vehicles, forensics vans and ambulances all parked up in the street outside with a huge police cordon in place. This afternoon, the tatty part of itself remains cordoned off. There are tarpaulins in the windows and police vehicles parked on either side of the building. Police have confirmed that they are not hunting for anyone else in connection with this tragedy pictures on Insta show the pair who are Romanian nationals had worked together at Gothic since at least 2019 a message on socials also has told customers not to arrive for appointments it says all clients with appointments over the next few days please do not come to the shop all appointments are postponed well Lydia has also been chatting to Ali Gunn who owns Cousins Snooker Bar nearby and was outside the tattoo shop last night
1: yeah I was with the landlord the management looking around the building we saw a, we saw a police car pulled up with a police van on a car so they, they literally come out the car they run inside and then a girl come out shaking in very shock and then we can actually hear the police inside saying first aid first aid first aid first aid and we didn't really want to look what's happened inside it's so something terrible
0: been here for 12 years and yeah. this is i mean i a big shock what, what's
1: yeah I've, I've, yeah i've been here i've been in the whole uh, building for like 12 years i've never seen anything like this in my life like shocking like someone this to happen on on our street you know it was shock for us to happen
0: suddenly well you can see pictures from the scene and keep up to date with the very latest on the investigation by heading to kent online kent online news a man who drove his car into a garage in Canterbury while being followed by police has avoided going to jail. David Gray was seen driving dangerously through the city before smashing into the building in Teddington Close and trying to run away. The 34-year-old from March Grove has been given a suspended sentence, a driving ban and ordered to pay £1,500. Two men have been charged following a stabbing in Canterbury. A man was treated in hospital after being attacked by a group of men on Canterbury Lane on Saturday night. Officers later stopped two men who were travelling on a train through Ashford and seized a knife. The 19 and 22-year-olds are due at Crown Court next month. There are calls for an urgent review of Kent's traffic management system as hundreds of lorries continue to queue towards the port of Dover. It's now day 12 of cross-channel disruption, which has resulted in Operation Brock being put in place on the M20. A well, haulage firm Logistics UK has raised concerns about the welfare of HGV drivers, who it says have no access to basic hygiene Facilities, food or drink. Well, it's hoped PO ferries will resume services between Dover and Calais later this week as a safety inspection is carried out. The Maritime and Coast Guard Agency are checking the spirit of Britain ship after 800 staff were sacked and replaced with lower paid agency workers last month. Now, the man leading the inquiry into the crimes of David Fuller in Kent has told the Kent Online podcast the first phase should be completed by the end of the year. Fuller was jailed for life last December after being found guilty of murdering two women in Tunbridge Wells in the 1980s. It was also discovered he'd abused around 100 bodies in mortuaries at hospitals in the county. Well, I've been speaking to Sir Jonathan Michael, who's leading a team looking at how the 67-year-old got away with his crimes for so long and what lessons can be learnt.
1: We've got to a stage where we're talking to the families of uh, Fuller's victims to get a clear understanding of how how they feel about uh, what he did and the way they, the impact it's had on them, but also their ideas about uh, what, where we should be looking for the causes of how he got away, got away with his uh, awful crimes for so long. And so we spent some time um, developing and then consulting on the terms of reference to the inquiry, again, in, including consulting with the, the families. We've established a website and contact details so we can be people can contact us, um, and now we're at the stage of of starting to talk to the families, uh, and and then we'll be talking to other people uh, who are involved in working with Fuller and managing services that he was engaged in.
0: I think what shocked us all, other than the atrocious crimes that he committed, was the sheer scale uh, of this and and how many victims there were. And I I know sadly not all have been identified yet, but does the scale of this pose any problems for you to make sure that families do feel at the heart of this whole process because there are so many of them?
1: It's impossible not to be uh, moved by the impact of Fuller's awful crimes on the, the families of his victims. Yeah, and, and talking to them yeah, I f- personally find it really moving and really difficult to see talk to the people about how first of all they have to come to terms with the death of their loved one but then later on to discover uh, that uh, while they he, they were in the care of the hospital in the mortuary he was they were abused by, by fuller. Absolutely awful. You're quite right that the the numbers and the length of time that he offended over does make it quite difficult going back in time to try and understand what happened and how he was able to get away with it. It just makes it more complicated.
0: You did say right at the very start of this inquiry how you did want to put the the families first. I know there were some who were feeling pretty unhappy initially, but do you, do you think you've got to a stage where families are very much at the heart of what you're wanting to do and what you want to achieve in the end?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I recognise that families, some families are you know, wanting to. You know, to keep themselves to themselves, protect their identity and the identity of their loved ones. Others uh, are are very keen to be actively involved and to be kept in touch with what's going on. So we are respecting the wishes of the families in terms of engagement, but we will keep families uh, briefed on progress and how we're getting on with the inquiry. Uh, But of course, uh, the key thing is to find out what went on in the hospital set hospitals and the organisation of the services, which actually allowed this, uh, these awful crimes to take place.
0: And because of the scale of the number of people that you need to speak to, not just the, the victims' families, how long do you anticipate this inquiry taking?
1: Well, we want to do a very thorough job. To me, the most important thing is we get to the bottom of what happened. We understand how he got away with it. And then we can make some very clear recommendations to the trust and to the wider NHS about what needs to be put in place to make sure there is no possibility of such things happening again. As we talk to more people, we're we're, we're discovering more people that we need to talk to and potentially other things we need to look at. And so I'm keen that we do the job properly rather than just do it quickly. Having said that, I hope that the phase one of the inquiry, which is looking at what happened in Kent and and the so Mason and Tunbridge Wells uh, hospitals, will be completed towards the end later on this year.
0: Does Fuller himself play any part in this inquiry or is this all about people who worked with him and knew him? Does Do you get to question him at all?
1: We will be making contact with Fuller through the the. the prison service to ask whether we can talk to him clearly he may or may not agree to talk to us and he may or may not say anything um if we do talk to him is anything useful we will be seeking an interview with him
0: and when you first heard about what fuller had done i mean as you say you you were a doctor you worked in the in the health profession how did it make you feel
1: awful Absolutely awful. You cannot, most people can't comprehend it. I couldn't comprehend it. Uh, And you, you can't help but be really shocked, horrified, but also moved by the reaction of families, as I was saying earlier on. But as a doctor, as a somebody who not only cared for patients as a clinician, but actually then ran some of the largest hospitals in, in the country, the idea that the system lets patients down, uh, just you know, although people have died, they're still, they're still patients, they're still our responsibility to look after them in, in death as well as in life, and to have failed so miserably in doing that, to me was really horrifying and really shocking.
0: Did you ever have any thoughts about not leading the inquiry? Did the scale of it concern you or were you always determined that you were the right person for the job?
1: I certainly had some reservations, partly because of the sort of offences, the the topic, if I put it that way. I haven't done this sort of thing before, so I'm not an expert in running inquiries. But I, I, know about, I know about clinical care, you know, I know about hospital management, I know about process, I know what good looks like, I also know what bad looks like. And so I felt quite an obligation because of my experience that actually it needed somebody like me to actually chair the inquiry.
0: While well, the Inquiry team have been in contact with many, many people as part of their investigation, if you feel that you do have any information, you can get in touch with them via email. It's contact at fuller.independent-inquiry.uk. That's contact at fuller.independent-inquiry.uk. Or a phone number's been set up. That's 20 That's 20 This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group. With car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. A Kent based campaign group says petrol and diesel shortages are an issue, particularly here in the southeast. Howard Cox, who's the founder of Fair Fuel UK in Cranbrook, says some garages are drying up. He's blaming it on protesters at oil depots who are calling on the government to stop using fossil fuels. Police investigating an arson attack in Medway have released CCTV images of a man they want to speak to. A suspicious fire broke out at a property on Leicester Road in Chatham last August. You can see the pictures by heading to Kent Online. Latest figures show there's been a drop in the number of people out of work in Kent. Unemployment went down by about 1,000 in March compared to the previous month. Almost 44,800 people are still claiming jobless benefits in the county, which is nearly 12,000 more than before the first COVID lockdown. And across the UK, the number of vacancies for positions has risen to a record 1.28 million in the first quarter. Mark Till from Employee Benefits Benefits provider Unum UK says that means recruitment's a challenge. I would suggest that there is still a significant war for talent and that's why... Employers need to look at their salary package, but also the culture
1: of their business, the way they support people.
0: Well, some people definitely used the pandemic, didn't they, to rethink their job options. And at Kent Online today, you can read about Steve Hawkins from Raynham, who suffered a slump in trade as a taxi driver during lockdown, so retrained as an ice cream man. People living in Herne Bay are getting set for building work, which could take nearly a decade to complete. An 800-home estate is planned for Strode Farm. Construction is due to begin this summer with an expected completion date of 2031. Well, it comes after Canterbury City Council approved a multi-million pound plan for a road between Canterbury Road and Bullockstone Road. Kent Online reports. The new man in charge of public health in Kent has told the Kent Online podcast his number one priority is tackling inequality. Anjan Ghosh, who was previously head of public health in Bexley, says it's been his passion since first training in India. Now, that means tackling issues like mental health, cancer, smoking and obesity.
2: My personal uh, passion in being involved in public health has been around um, inequalities. And I saw those when I was working in India and training uh, firsthand. Obviously, the level of inequality, especially at that time in India, were life and death. So it was literally people uh, who we would see who the only thing they would own is the clothes that they were wearing and that's all they had. So you had that kind of abject uh, poverty. Um, obviously, thankfully in the UK, we don't have those kind of um, situations, but we do have relative deprivation and poverty and with that comes um, inequalities and uh, differences in living conditions which drive 80% of what uh contributes to our wellness, if you like. So that's always been a passion of mine, the, uh, tackling that, the social justice angle of it, as well as the humanitarian angle of it. And, and what COVID has shown, yeah, because in public health, we have been banging on about this for decades, uh, that inequalities is a key issue. But people are the difference now is people are listening. So um, while the COVID pandemic was a terrible thing, um, I am an optimist and one of the good things that came out of it was this realization of just how immediate and how important the impacts of COVID, I mean, of inequalities are on things like COVID. So that's made uh, policymakers, uh, you know, kind of uh, the big planners nationally sitting in the NHS and elsewhere sit up and really, really take notice of the fact that inequalities need to be tackled. And indeed in most of the, new policies and strategies coming out, levelling up agenda, all of that talks to inequalities. So that is my number one issue.
0: He's also told us mental health support is high up on the agenda too.
2: As a result of this um, lockdown, isolation, uh, you know, kind of loneliness, all those issues became much more highlighted and we don't even know the extent to which that has impacted. So one of the things we're going to embark on is a what I'm calling a COVID impact assessment, to really understand, among other things, the lived experience of people through the pandemic, particularly, obviously, in this area, and understand from that, therefore, what can we do? What do we need to prioritize and do even better and go further? And I'm sure that Uh, tackling loneliness and isolation on the um, on the front end of it but there's obviously also the more complicated areas around serious mental illness where we can do much more and uh, need to do much more
0: adidas has moved into a bigger store at the ashford designer outlet creating 20 jobs it's almost doubled in size by relocating to the former polo ralph lauren unit Former Strictly winner Oré Aduba is going to star in this year's panto at Kent's biggest theatre. He'll be in Sleeping Beauty at the Marlowe in Canterbury after recently appearing in tours of Greece and the Rocky Horror Show. Bosses at the theatre have announced the shows that'll be heading there this season, including Sister Act, Bugsy Malone, and a stage version of the best exotic Marigold Hotel. And finally, at Kent Online today, you can read how our reporter got on watching film at the new 4DX screen at Ashford Cineworld. Work to upgrade the complex has been going on for the past past couple of years. Leanne Castle went along to experience the shaking seats, water spray and scented air during the latest Fantastic Beasts film. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do it, you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.